Hey, how's it going? Cornelius here. Thanks a lot for tuning in to the Gypsy Jazz Hangouts podcast. If you like what you've been listening to, um, don't be shy. Get over to the Facebook page, give it a like. Um, There's a YouTube channel. Uh, You can watch all the podcasts there, which is pretty cool. Go give them videos a like. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That'd be cool if you could do that. And share it with your your friends, with your pals, anybody that that might be interested in it. Uh, This episode... I went out and I took a big old trip to Worcester to go hang out with uh, Remy Harris, brilliant guitar player, super nice bloke. Uh, sat down with Remy, Remy's wife, got to meet Remy's magpie, he has a pet magpie, it's pretty cool, kind of a pecks at your head in a very affectionate sort of way. Um, and we, we went to his little music studio, played some tunes and had a bit of a laugh. Uh, he shows us loads of different guitars that he's got, he's got absolutely loads of guitars and... Um, he talks about the way he adapts his technique for each guitar and each style. He'll, he'll kind of change his right hand technique depending on what he wants to do with the instrument. Uh, he talks a lot about his early influences sort of outside of Gypsy Jazz. So he talks a lot about Peter Green and uh, Jimi Hendrix and Jimmy Page and people like that and how he's actually brought a lot of those influences, those styles into his Gypsy Jazz playing which I think is absolutely mint. I really like it because he brings all the kind of fun stuff from that and, and brings it into the, the Django stuff and it gives him a very unique sound. And it's just really fun, a really inventive, um, you know, brilliant. Uh, so yeah, uh, I hope, really hope you enjoy it. Like I say, share it with all your pals, tell all your mates and uh, enjoy the podcast. Cheers. Yeah, cool, okay. cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what should we play first then? What are you fancy? We can do a bit of bit of all of me. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Excellent. Um, earplugs in. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> to be fair, when I am about to play guitar, people do put earplugs in, so I'm quite used to that. It's now. not. It's not you. <laughs> trust me. It's a weird habit of mine. All right. Um, um, so. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool.
Some how you doing? Them. Good man. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. It's um, it's cool. We're in your your lair. Your yeah. Den. Yeah, the man cave. Yeah, absolutely. This is fun. It feels like I'm on your podcast. Your house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's cool. cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming all this way. Absolute pleasure. It's nice. It's nice to get out of London, and if you do not want to be in London, this is like peak not London, this, this part of the world. It's so leafy and green and rural and farmy, and yeah. it's mega. Because you're a local lad, right? You're uh, Relatively, yeah. yeah. I grew up in Bromyard, which is a little town about 25 minutes from here. Right. But it's still in the sticks, you know, it's fields for miles, you know, outside yeah. the door and all that. So it's mega. Yeah, from the country. Yeah, you never you you were never tempted to move to London or a big city like that. Uh, no, no, I've I've always wanted to live in the countryside. You know, the more the more remote the better, I guess. You me. don't come across as being a kind of rat race type of person. You kind of, do you know what I mean? You you suit uh, being in the countryside. You kind of yeah. I mean, growing up, I was always, you know, I love nature. I love animals. I love walking up mountains. Yeah. and Running in fields and, and not a big fan of getting the tube and no <laughs> no that was that's never really well I've never I've only been on the tube a handful of times in my life to be right. honest but uh, it's not a lifestyle that's ever kind of appealed to me sure. I've always just I mean I grew up Bromyard as I say is a town yeah uh, um, but a small town yeah but um even when I was a kid I wanted to go I wanted to live in like the Welsh mountains so it's, yeah 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 it's kind of always been my calling and you know it's you're a very, very successful guitar player in the UK. No, for real, man. Like, no, for real, because I mean, you, you tour all around the UK, you play loads of really nice venues, you're a very well-known name. But you never moved to a big city, and for me, it's weird, because it seems like every Gypsy Jazz player, especially the ones that are pursuing it full-time, they kind of all come to London. But you've managed to kind of, you know, you've not had to do that. You've managed to do it without having to go to the city. Yeah, yeah, I guess... Um... Yeah, I don't know why really. I just uh, moving to like London was never on the cards. It was never something I aspired to do. Yeah. Was, I just wanted to make it make it work it, it, my it's, own way. Right? It's just good because like you know, I used to live in York. York's got a really good scene, and you can get a fair bit of work there. But mm. to generate the amount of work that you've done uh, from Bromyard, it's it's good going. Like yeah, well, there's a lot of travelling. That's the one thing is yeah. is we do a lot of miles in the van. Yeah. And um, but I'm used to that, you know. Even when I was younger, when I was a teenager, and I was playing rock bands. I was um, we were off in the van, you know. Yeah. You know, we we playing all over the all over the country, a lot in the Midlands, the kind of more East Midlands, I guess. And and so just got used to that kind of motorway life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on the on the in the evenings. Yeah. And I love late night motorway driving. You know, it's yeah. I don't know something about it. I've been doing it for so long that it's just. Um, Put on some good music and just yeah, drive, the street lights and just um, empty service stations, and all that. <laughs> Although we haven't done that for a while now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a thing of the past now, isn't it? Shit, yeah. And um, it, it is tiring, obviously, but it's the lifestyle that I'm kind of used to. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Working musician. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you're saying when you're you're in your teenage years, you were more playing rock and stuff. I, were you always into the jazz, or did that come along later on? That came to me later on, really. I grew up, so I started guitar when I was seven, when I got my first proper guitar. Yeah. And I had kind of toy guitars, guitars before that. So I was always into guitar, um, thanks to my dad, basically, who plays 
And, um, oh, so he sort of introduced you to playing guitar then? Yeah, I mean, he didn't force it on me at all, really. I, 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 um, but he played and he used to sit around you know, after work playing his guitar. Yeah. And, um, and I used to flick through his guitar magazines. And when he was watching Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock on the telly, I'd nice. be sat on the sofa. So, so I was surrounded by guitar from a very Much young like age. Much like you are now. Like I am now, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. In fact, actually, this guitar here... Is, um, oh, this is so much fun. This is belongs to my uncle, actually. But this is when I was a little boy. My dad was borrowing this off my uncle. And dad's left-handed, so the strings were strung the other way around. And um, there's a photo of me when I was about three years old with this on my lap. Wow. Playing. Well, trying. I wasn't playing. It was more of a prop, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you're was, just looking cool with it. Yeah. But that's so. That was my life, you know, as long as I can remember. And. Um, and then I picked up my, I got my first real guitar when I was seven, and then played um, rock and blues from then. You know, uh, you know, Beatles, um, Peter Green, Jimmy Page, R. R. Later. yeah, yeah. yeah that's the way recently. Uh, so you started playing when you were seven. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. Amazing. Long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you were, I mean, obviously you still play all the the rock and blues and everything else now, but you yeah. were mainly playing rock. And when did you get into was it Gypsy Jazz you started with, or was it Jazz, or...? It was Gypsy Jazz, really, at the beginning. Yeah. But it was, I was interested, I liked the sound of all jazz, really. I wasn't like, um, you know, I was, I was in, I'd been listening to Joe Pass and people like that. But yeah. I think Gypsy Jazz was a kind of way in, because when you, when you listen to, like, Joe Pass on, you know, the Virtuoso albums, and you think, how am I even going to start, yeah. whereas... I might be able to play like minor swing and have a jam down the pub. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of ended up, that's my way in. Gypsy jazz is like a gateway drug, I guess. Yeah, in a way. <laughs> and I, I know I love it. It's not like it's in any way like a like a dumbed down version. I'm not oh, trying no, to make it sound I, like that, but I, I hear it's, you. it's more accessible for, for a rock guitar player. Absolutely. Well, you know? totally. I mean, minor swing is, is three chords. You yeah. Know, you can, it, you can you use your start. pentatonic scale when you, that you already know and you can get going. Absolutely. Like that, so that's how I kind of got into it. Yeah. Did you get like lessons on Gypsy Jazz, or were you just listening to records and stealing licks and? Um, mainly just working things out on like YouTube and yeah. listening. Yeah. I had a couple of lessons with Gary Potter very wow. early on actually. Nice. I went to see one of his gigs. Um, it was I think it was just before I actually started really getting into Gypsy Jazz, but I went to see him because I was aware of his playing and stuff. Yeah. I had his DVD. Yeah. And I went up after and spoke to him and went for like a couple of like hour and a half lessons. Yeah. Like that. And we just sat around talking and playing and and um, so that was that was good. But mostly it was just you know going to Samoa. Yeah. Um, get on YouTube and transcribing, and um, that's about it really. Yeah. And that's yeah. how I do it now. And and as much as you, you were. You've had a trio, and you've gigged that trio for a while now, pretty, pretty, I want to say relentlessly, like, but you've been working hard with that trio for a while now. Hey? Yeah, a long time, lots yeah. of gigs. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's amazing. And and you do that trio, but you also do, not just gypsy jazz now, but you do, obviously you have like these blues rock kind of trios with drums and bass, which, mm -hmm. is, which is pretty mint, and then you yeah. do straight head jazz now as well. A little bit, yeah. yeah. That's something I'd like to do more of, but yeah, yeah, with guitar bass drums. Um, but jazz, yeah. but but the jazz I do is always like leaning into blues as well. So okay, although yeah. although like Wes Montgomery is like probably my favourite jazz guitar player, it's 
I don't often do gigs of that like that, yeah, you know, okay. or, or jazz straight ahead. Do you know something? I think a lot of jazz players, um, they really forget about the blues, and I think it's a bit of a shame because, like, you know, we all like outside modern sounding stuff, but it's not just the notes, it's the feel. Mm. So, like, if you take a guitar player like Pat Martino, and, like, we love him, I think he's mega, but, you know, there's not as, you know, there's not many bends... The, the lines are all kind of the same expression, same volume, these kind of 16 notes line, just... And one of the things I like about Django is he would bring in, you wouldn't really call it bluesy elements, but in a way it was, it was little bends, it was slides, doing things with the guitar um, that the guitar's good at. Yeah. I think a lot of jazz players forget to like put in a bend or a hammer on or a... Well, I'm not sure. It's weird because I, I think a lot of jazz guitar players are trying to emulate other jazz instruments. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard. Um, I think it was Pat Martino actually who said he he wanted to sound like a piano. Yeah. So yeah. there's no bending on a piano, exactly. and he uses heavy strings. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, Charlie Christian wanted to sound like Lester Young. Yeah. And, and, I think you know. I think there's a lot of that goes on with jazz guitar, yeah. and it's especially the piano thing. I think that's. Grant what? Green as well, he was always saying he just wants to sound like a sax player. Right. There's the yeah. no chords anywhere in his playing, it's just all lines. So. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you get a lot of that and that informs the way you play. Like I, I come from, um, you know, yeah. that kind of playing. Yeah. And so I want to put that in my gypsy playing. Yeah, um, totally. But when I first got into gypsy jazz, I was, you know, trying to avoid... My rock licks. Y of know, course, they're while. almost a bit embarrassing to pull them out, like because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to adapt that. You want to adopt that gypsy sound, that, that gypsy jazz sound. Yeah. And um, but then after about maybe a year or two, it was like actually I wouldn't make a point of my rock. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so yeah. we started putting, um, we started making arrangements using like Jimi Hendrix riffs and stuff like that in yeah. the in the Django -y stuff. Yeah, and then that's that's how I've been ever since then. Really, I I love that. Like respect, man, because it's like you say, a lot of the jazz players, because the 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 top jazz musicians, so we say. I don't know the guitar players came a little bit after the sax players and the piano players, so they try and emulate the sax players and the piano players, and I think also they're only really thinking about notes and harmony and not about expression. They're not thinking about bends. They're not thinking about that sort of stuff. So I guess that explains why. But um, you know. I, I like jazz, I like blues, I like whatever, but I like guitars. Mm. I mean, obviously you do yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah. And so I like it when guitar players utilise what a guitar can do, which you do loads. Just in that one solo, there's loads of cool things in there, little bends and little things like that. It's, it's mint. Cool, you know? thanks, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I love the guitar. You know, I love, I love other instruments as well. I went through a big period of, of transcribing uh, trumpet players. I really love trumpet. Because that's a very expressive instrument absolutely, as well. Of yeah, course, you can. Absolutely. It's very dynamic. It's mm. very. It's got vocal-like quality. Mm. And so, uh, you know, I was really into Clifford Brown and Chet Baker and yeah. into Marcellus, people like that. And then um, I've been through other phases as well. I'm, I'm kind of constantly changing what I'm kind of into. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's my playing kind of changes. Uh, it's, I guess it's just fairly comes along kind of naturally it's just like whatever you're listening to at the minute whatever takes your fancy kind exactly of thing. yeah and that informs what you're playing at the time yeah. and i'm kind of going for a bit of a blues phase at the minute because yeah. i've been getting back into the, the electric stand um solid body type playing and yeah man. and um and so trying to do that you know doing things on gypsy guitars you don't hear 
Yeah, do, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, um... <laughs> I, I love all that, that Jimi Hendrix stuff. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, Put your guitar out of tune usually. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that's true, yeah. Perfect. Well, hey man, let's play another tune. Yeah. Uh, anything, anything you fancy in particular? I don't know, a bit of a... Uh, do a bit of like a minor 12 bar or something, in G minor. Yeah, Like a perfect. minor bluesy yeah, yeah. type thing. Yeah, wicked, wicked. Yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> what kind of tempo do you want to do? Whatever, man, you, you pull it out. You know, just something like that.
cool, man. I love that. Oh, that guy, that was great. That was brilliant. So here's the thing, right? You play all these different styles, and you play on all these different kinds of guitar. Do you like change um, right hand technique for different guitars? Do you change plectrums for different guitars? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So obviously, with the gypsy guitar, is predominantly. Gypsy picking, yep. you know that type yep. of yep. picking technique. But not, I'm not strict with it. I'll often, you know, bring my wrist in and um, yeah, do yeah, and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So I'm not strict in any way. On a strat, I'll use um, I use a similar a similar picking. This probably won't pick up through there, but um, a similar picking technique to on a gypsy, a little bit, but more. You can play it. It'll, it'll pick it up. You know, this the kind wrist of, is kind of in there now. Hey? Yeah, but then sometimes I'll be, which is kind of gypsy yeah, picking. Yeah, yeah. But then some things I'll be, which the, is less gypsy picking. That's yeah, depending on the lick, I guess. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And obviously, with when you've got gain, you want to be muting the strings yeah. for the just because of the the um, extraneous noise. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Uh, also, I play differently on a guitar like this. You know, I don't want to. I don't play as much of this kind of, um, yeah, those kind of long kind of gypsy yeah, style runs. Yeah, yeah. I tend not to do that. I'm more of a kind of a bluesier player when I play strats because the tone lends itself to that more. Totally, yeah, yeah. And then when I play Les Pauls, I'm even more electric because they're lighter strings, shorter scale length. The strings are, um, I use tens on electric, on a Les Paul. Strats I use tens and or elevens depending on how I feel, and um, so if I'm on elevens on a strat, it's much tighter, okay, and so it needs a bit more force. Right. Whereas like tens on a Les Paul is really like they bend so easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to play with it. You don't have to dig the tone out so much because they're humbuckers as well. They they tend to compress the sound a bit more. Yeah. So you have to. You don't have the picking technique is not so um, important for tone reasons. Okay. So I tend to be, I think when I play a Les Paul, you know, in a bridge position with a kind of a rock sound, yeah, yeah. I'm doing a lot more kind of pull-offs and things, you know. Of course, yeah. So, yeah. so I'm using less of kind of playing every note. Yeah, and that's just the style, right? That's the style and it's the sound of the guitar lends it that way. Absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know um, Paul Gilbert? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I, I love Paul, it was amazing. Yeah. And he was talking about, you know, learning to be a bit of a shredder when he was first playing and stuff. Yeah. And there was this kind of culture of trying to pick every note because it was like more badass, you know. And, yeah. But he was saying like, in his, he's found in his time the best sort of bang for your buck lick is often a, a mix of the two and pull-offs have their own sound. Sometimes they sound mint, you know what I mean? Uh, why limit yourself? Like exactly. That? And Gypsy yeah. Jazz is a funny one because... There is a bit of a kind of orthodoxy in gypsy jazz. It's some things are considered a bit of a heresy to be doing too many pull-offs or pull or hammer-ons or whatever. But I think that's changing a little bit now. Like it's definitely changing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think with because of the internet, it's YouTube has changed everything with gypsy jazz. I think yeah. you know because now anybody can start learning it. You didn't have to go to somewhere anymore. Yeah, you, yeah. Although it's still good, you know, but. Yeah. Um, so people from different, uh, it's becoming more, less kind of, what's the word? It's less kind of distilled as a single thing and more just like seeping out into 
um, culture, the, yeah, the guitar yeah. culture, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's, definitely. It's less of a niche. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's just funny because I remember like first trying to learn it and similar to you like just going on YouTube and trying to listen to records and stuff and feeling almost a pressure that like you have to play with a big pick and you have to, you know, everything's got to be perfectly restroke, it has everything, no yeah. hammer-ons, no pawns, nothing. Yeah, yeah. And again, I, you know, if you listen to the really top players today, um, they're sneaking a bit of that in because they're like, well, it sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't see why it has to be a recreation of the past. Mm. You know, I think obviously I've got nothing against if people want to are really enthusiastic in Django sound and want to get that sound. Absolutely, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. It's totally cool. But for me, I, I wasn't born and raised on Django's music. Yeah, I was born and raised on Neil Young and Peter Green, and so I want that music to inform my gypsy friend, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 so. amazing. Now look, so, how many guitars have we got here? This is a lot. <laughs> These are all yours? Yeah, apart from... Uh, yeah. Do you know what, just before we do, I'm just going to double check that this is... Hasn't died or anything still? Still rolling. I can just edit this bit out, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so these are all yours, are they? Yeah, apart from that one, which is my uncle's, which I'm yeah, just borrowing right, off it. Yeah. I was going to try and get it going again, but it's not very, um, needs a bit of work. Right. But, yeah, like... How, how long have you been collecting all these guitars? Well, I think oh. this guitar here I had when I was 14, and this is, I think, apart from obviously that, my uncle's guitar, I think this one is the one that goes furthest back wow. with me. This is a my first proper like Fender Strat, although it's only a Mexican. It's not a, sure, sure, sure. But it's a sixties reissue type, you know, the Mint Guard, and and it's the um, this is the guitar I did a lot of my rock gigs on back in the well, day. Well, I can tell. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can on, see. <laughs> dropped a few times, and yeah. it needs a bit of work. It's not my main gig in Strat anymore, but um, it's. This one's kind of sentimental, a lot of sentimental vibe. Yeah, absolutely. And then this, this is my main Les Paul, which I had when I was, when we were in a rock, uh, rock band, we got a little kind of independent records contract. And okay. I was playing Epiphones, right. uh, Les Pauls, and um, my dad said, well, it's probably time you got yourself a proper Gibson. And so... The know, real deal. So he helped me get this, and, and this is... Uh, have a go if you want. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you pick the colour as well? Well, it's a weird one, yeah, because <laughs> I always wanted a cherry sunburst, you know, like Jimmy Page, but um, I just saw that in there and it was it was just a nice sounding guitar as well. I think of the ones on the wall at the time, it was the best sounding one. It is cool, I like this a lot. I mean, I've got friends who wouldn't like it that much, yeah, but I think it's kind of cool. Again, they, those, that finish gets a lot of hate on, on the internet, you know, when it crops up on forums and stuff. But, but on, on most stages, under red light... It, oh, you carry on, man. It's, uh, under, most, under most stages, on, under red light, yeah. this turns... It looks like a gold top. Oh, uh, OK. The amount of times people have said, oh, I love the gold top, let's pull Do you know what? I, I used to play in this rock band, and we recorded an album in Wales in this little cottage. And the cottage was owned by a guy, I can't remember his name, but he played bass for a bit in Van de Graaff Generator. Oh, okay. And yeah. he played a little bit in Hawkwind. Remember Hawkwind? Mm -hmm. So when Lemmy left, I think this guy replaced him. Oh, okay. On bass. And now he just lives in his cottage in Wales. 
and we did this album and he lent us loads of his guitars to mm-hmm. do it and he had this gold top Les Paul and uh, oh a proper God. original yeah album. it was amazing like it was I mean I wasn't playing I was playing bass on that so I didn't get to play the guitars too much but uh, yeah yeah they're, they're, they're really cool I don't have a Les Paul um, I had an Epi Les for a while yeah um, but um, I noticed you don't have any tellies either. Do you have any tellies? I don't have any tellies, no. So, do you not like them? or? No, I would actually would like to have one, but at the moment I can't really justify any more guitars. But <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay. If you can justify these, what's one more, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean, I can approximate a telly. I've always been more of a Strat guy, really, because I, I use I use the middle pickup a lot on Strats, okay. which obviously tellies don't have. And yeah, yeah. So when I'm playing a lot of blues, I'm in the middle position, and I also like the position two and four where the blending the two pickups which you, again you don't get on a telly but um one day i'll probably try and get a telecaster of some type yeah yeah, yeah i think you should because i mean i don't have as many guitars as this uh, not many do i suppose but um i've got a telly and i need a strat yeah a les paul yeah i've got a, a nice uh, for my arch top i've got an epiphone broadway which i really like oh yeah um yeah i think i know those ones but i really want a 335 as well yeah, I would um, like a 335. Yeah, in fact, well. I'm surprised yeah. you don't have one of those, no. knowing the kind of music you're into. Well, I've always gone Les Paul, because, I mean, obviously the pickup configuration is the same, but yeah. um, I've always ended up with Les Pauls, but I, I'm... Italians so, are talk, sorry, talk more this way into the... Uh, sorry. No, yeah. that's fine, sorry. No, yeah, I would, uh, I would like a 325, but that's yeah. quite an interesting Whoa. one. You say you're a bass player, so... Was. was. I wasn't very good to begin with. <laughs> and, and my ones had four strings. So this is... E to E is tuned identical to a, okay. a then, guitar, but an octave down. So it's not like wow. a it's not so, like a six string bass. So you can exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> it made them in the sixties, you know, and like um, Jack Bruce and Peter Green actually played one. Wow. Um, but this is obviously a reissue. But, um, so, so this essentially just sounds like a bass. This bit, but but yep, and like. You say Peter Green and people play them. What did they play on them? Were they playing bass lines on them or were they? Uh, well, yeah, some of them used it as basses. Like I've seen um, footage of Jack Bruce just using it in Cream, you know, as a bass. And um, but I think what was common with them was to roll off the bass and then have them as a like an extra kind of overdub instrument. Um, I think the Beach Boys used to do that. They'd have a bass player, yeah, and they'd have one of these, and they'd like overdub maybe a line. Hey. You know, I don't know what the line would be, but you know, they might, they might have some kind of line, and they'd have all the. They used to have switches here, which would roll out the bass, so you get a really high, you get the okay. low, t- low note, but a high, tinier tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I got a feeling they're on. There's one of these on um, Good Vibrations. And and it was just to double the bass track. It would double like guitar parts and stuff. It was oh, mainly okay. a studio thing. How but interesting! I use it. Yeah. Do you do you get much use out of this? Like, what what do you play on this? Well, when I I've been meaning to use it on gigs actually, because I've been just working... just turn it around a little bit so we can get a good look at that. Yeah. Look at that. It's called a bass six, but I've, I've been meaning to do some stuff on it with gigs on gigs because I've been coming up with some kind of arrangements that I can do on it. But mainly I use it for a recording when I play bass, when I record overdub bass. Yeah. I don't really... I'd rather play that because it feels more like a guitar. You know? so <laughs> the scale length is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same scale length as um, like a Hofner violin bass. So it's right. sh- shorter. 
How, how did you find this? Like, how did you come across this? It belongs to a, it belonged to a friend of mine, and he sold it me. He's a bass player. Okay. And I, I um, he, uh, yeah, he put it up for sale. Amazing. So I, had it. But I, I really like it. It's kind of it's probably the most unusual guitar in my kind of yeah, yeah. I guess. That's interesting. So and and that so they had that on Good Vibrations. I, I'm pretty sure there is one on there, but I know they were involved with Beach Boys recordings. Okay. Um, was John, that because I'm, I'm trying to work it out? Like, were there just producers in the '60s that were digging that, or is that a thing more from the '60s that died out? That's why we don't see them much now. Or? They stopped making them after the '60s. I think. Okay. They only made them for a short period of time, and then um, uh, they stopped making them. Reissued them very recently. Like that's quite a new instrument, and I think they're kind of making a resurgence. But I I didn't realize Peter Green because obviously he passed away. Yeah. Um, Recently, and I was looking through photos of his, and I saw a photo of him playing one on Green Malishi and uh, on a live gig. And so yeah. I didn't realise, but I know I've seen photos of John Paul Jones from Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, Jack Bruce. Oh yeah. Um, I think even there was one in the Beatles kind of. I've, I think it was George Harrison. I've seen a photo with one. I know John Paul Jones plays an eight-string bass on. Um, it might be like Achilles' Last Stand or yeah. one of those. Yeah. And I think that's like a mandolin, right? Is it like twins? Yeah, but is it like E and then octave above it, or is it just? Like, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. I I know the instrument you're on about though. Yeah, yeah. I, the photo I've seen of him with one of those was pre Zep. It was when he was a session oh, guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. I I haven't seen him use it with Zep because I think he was mostly on um, jazz basses. Right. For the early part of Zep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Do you know what's funny actually? Um, at work, uh, at the vinyl place, you know, I've got hundreds of records going across my desk, and it was a Donovan record, um, mm. Hurdy Gurdy Man. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, I remember that one. So I was having a listen, and I was like, God, it sounds a lot like Led Zeppelin, this. And then when you, I looked at the record, it's John, bon, John Bonham on drums, oh, yeah. uh, John Paul Jones on bass, and Jimmy Page on guitar. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that's where the, f the three of them first met. I think they'd met individually... Uh, around about, but that's where the first yeah. uh, they first met the three guys that's on the because John Paul Jones was asked, I can't remember who it was somebody rang him up. It might have been for that Donovan gig, and was just like somebody was like, "Do you do producing? Did somebody say you do producing?" He's like, uh, "Yeah, I, I, I produce." And he doesn't at all. He's the bass player. Uh, he said, "Yeah, I can do that. Fine." And then like bought a book on like how to produce records. Or yeah, something. yeah. And I think he was the producer. He produced a few Donovan records. Okay. I imagine you're kind of into Donovan, I guess. Well, I know Hurdy Gurdy, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And didn't Donovan? Um, do you know the dear? Do you know Dear Prudence, the Beatles? Yeah. I, I think it's yeah. on the White Album. I, I think it was Donovan who showed um, John Lennon, like the finger picking style on that song or something. Yeah, like I've heard a story about this. Yeah. He taught them something. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then he turned that into Dear Prudence. I could be wrong with my details there, but... It's really funny when you hear stories about how people learnt stuff back in the 60s. Like, there's a story of, I don't know, George Harrison and, and, and they, maybe the other guys, uh, they knew a guitar player on the other side of Liverpool who knew a chord. Yeah. And so they got the bus over and they paid him, like, some money to show him yeah, a chord. Yeah, wasn't it the B7? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and they came back with a B7. Yeah, there's this guy in Liverpool selling chords. He's loaded, like... Yeah. <laughs> selling chords. <laughs> That's funny. Cool, man. Well, speaking of chords, let's play another tune. Cool. How about something like a ballad or something like that? Yeah, uh, what about like Sentimental Mood? Do you want yes, to play that? Yes, yeah. let's play that. I love that one. That's um, one of my favourites. <laughs> 
How do you want to do it? Um, if you just bring it with a...
That's what Unison Bending will do. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So here's the thing then. Um, you've been cooped up in lockdown, but you've also been like a radio show. Oh, yeah. Is that right? I'm a bit embarrassed because I, I haven't tuned in, but I keep meaning to. Is, is that something you do from here, or is it like on a local radio station? Or? Yeah, well, it's, um, it's a new station that was set up during lockdown um, by a friend of mine called Rich, um, who was uh, he's a DJ. So he lost all his work, like all the musicians. Of course, yeah, of course. And, and so he figured out through the magic of the internet how he could like broadcast a DJ set kind of thing, you know, yep. online. And he called it Bromyard FM. Yeah. Even though it's not an FM station, it's a, it's an internet station oh, okay. at the moment, at least. There's, but there's aspirations to be FM. They'd like to grow the station, so it might. I think more likely it'll end up on DAB. Okay. Um, DAB, but um. Yeah, so it was called Bromyard FM, and uh, I was—he shared it on Facebook the first um, night that he did it, and I was like there listening, you know, just like commenting, and just it was just right at the beginning of lockdown, and it was just nice to hear other people's voices and mm. all of that. And then <laughs> the thing just grew, and it, it, within like a few weeks, there was like over five thousand people in the group that he set up on Facebook, and it was being featured on like I think it was on Virgin News and wow. on the on the, the radio and. It's been on, featured on the Huff Post, really, um, and all kinds of things, and it's just grown and grown. And he's got got more of his kind of mates to come and do their own shows. Okay. And so we all work from home, and we through software we can kind of uh, connect to the server. So BFM Radio, Bromyard FM, yeah. is is running twenty four seven, and it runs like auto play playlists through the night and stuff. Yeah. And then during the days. Um, we've got I don't know maybe like eight maybe ten pr different presenters yeah and so he asked me to do the jazz and blues show so I do that two hours every Thursday night tremendous and it's cool yeah and we I do it from here and um, I just play loads of tunes and then requests come in on like Facebook and the emails and stuff and so it sounds like fun because I am um, I'm not as bad these days but I used to be the worst for turning up at parties and then completely taking over the music thing and putting on stuff that nobody wants to listen to, like killing the party. But I just really like this track and I think everyone has to hear it. Yeah, but yeah. this is like the socially acceptable version of that, right? Because you're on the radio, you're allowed to pick your favourite tunes. Yeah, so. yeah. And then people, there's a Facebook group and there's just, you're posting that at the beginning of your show and then people are like commenting and messaging live. Yeah, and then yeah. you can give them shout outs and you can play their requests. And all that stuff. That's it's, mega. So I really enjoy it because for me, I, I'm just sat in here. I mean, if you, if there was a, a camera in the corner filming me when I did it, I do it 
live. It's just me just basically listening to music. Yeah. <laughs> and then by introducing the next track. It's quite a nice evening, I suppose, I just, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I get to pick the tunes I really like. And, and I, I like to research them as well. So I yeah. find out what year they were recorded and who what musicians featured on what, the tracks. What's the deal with, like licensing and royalties and can you play anything is there money being paid like prs or something like yeah, that yeah there's it's all legit it's all yeah i yeah. don't know the details but okay. rich um they they pay a, a kind of a royalty license yeah, a property yeah. license you know because there was a gofundme page at the beginning and yeah. i think i think it raised like a couple of thousand pounds right you know, and um it's all in a kitty basically and it's paying okay. for licensing costs website costs because they've got um you know they've got their website and um, yeah. the server space. I, I'm not very techy when it comes to that. Kind All of right, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, um, I don't know much about it. Like, um, I guess it's probably like a yearly payment they've got to make to PRS, who then and then you've got to tell them what you play and stuff. Because you know, I remember doing some gigs where uh, you know. The, the the law was changed a little while ago where venues under something like two hundred people don't have to pay a music license now. I think. Yeah, that right? that well, right? no. we pay a music license here, and we get forty people in that room. So maybe it's. I, I'm not sure. So maybe not two hundred. There, there is there is a there, a cut off. There might be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I remember doing some gigs, and like the owner would be like, "Right, you have to put a list of every song you've played and stuff." Yeah, the set list. Thing, yeah. yeah, which yeah. we never did. Oh, the only time we did it was in the band where we played originals, and the 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 guy who wrote the songs wanted his royalties yeah, for his tunes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure because I don't have to submit a set list. I'm not sure how it works. Whether he's just got because it's so small, a small station compared to like, you know, the bigger stations. It's, yeah. You might just have a kind of a, a blanket kind of fee. Be, I think it's something like that. I think it's like you pay a fee and then play whatever tunes you want. I yeah, guess. and it might be with PRS and PPL because PPL covers the recordings. I think. Okay. And PRS covers oh, the compositions. Right. Okay. But I'm not sure how, and there's MCPS as well. So there's a lot. Yeah, it's confusing on that stuff. So. You know, like, right? I'm a musician, so obviously, I'm happy supporting musicians, getting paid for composing stuff, recording stuff, whatever. But sometimes it's a bit of a pain because I I like going to the pub and I often like bringing a guitar with and some mates. It's really fun just to jam in the beer garden or even just in the pub. Most pubs are really appreciative if somebody just strikes up a tune. Yeah. And when I go to Ireland, like my dad's Irish, so I go over there a bit and you know it's always bit of music being played in, in the pub and that. But I remember going to one pub and we started playing the tune and they said, oh, you, you can't, you can't play it here. I said, why? I said, well, we don't have a license. And I was explaining that you don't actually really need a license for this size thing, but he wasn't having it. And I just said, so what? If I just like whistled happy birthday now, do I need a license for that? Like, it's... I, I like the fact that there's people getting money who probably deserve it, but I don't like the way it kind of chokes spontaneous performance down the pub, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird as well, because the other thing is if you play all original material, I don't, I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure you don't need a license. So if you went in there and made up a load of 12 bars, yeah. and just played on 12 bars, but yeah. didn't play, you know, Sandu, whatever, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. just play improvised, I think that would be royalty free in theory, but yeah. as soon as you start playing compositions, it feels weird that to me. Do you know what I mean? Like if I yeah. just went down the pub and just started singing the Wild Road. Well, nobody owns that one, I suppose. But blowing in the wind or something, and then all of a sudden there's a little ka-ching somewhere. And yeah. There's a bit more money in Bob Dylan's bank account. I, I don't get it. Like, well, it's complicated, isn't it? This the music business is so complicated, and it, and the way it's evolved, yeah. it has to evolve to fit the current um, 
technology, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, right. And so, it's struggling with that, isn't it? Trying to keep up. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah. it's. Oh, man, I just try and play guitar. Totally, yeah, mate. I, I, I hear you, brother. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, like, with your career is, is performance first, really, more than, like, recording or composing, I guess. It has been, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's something I might might try and change a little bit. But, um, what, do more, like... I'd like to record more and write more. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I always have written, but I've sure. not got to perform them so much. Because okay. when you go out on a gig... You know, people want you to play Sweet George Brown, yeah, and yeah, Bossa Dorado, yeah. and you know. It's it's, it's also <laughs> hard because um, unless it's just like a super basic standard which has charts, it's hard to get anyone to play them because they also have to rehearse. You have to rehearse, which in yeah. jazz that's unheard of. Yeah, I don't rehearse for gigs. You you meet strangers and you know the same tunes and you play. That's how like it this. works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially and as well, a lot of my compositions aren't jazz like standards right exactly there might be like tunes that you'd play in a rock band so yeah know? with like written parts and arrangements and stuff. yeah or stuff yeah. that you know do this bit do that bit and then you know there's a bit of this the riff this riff goes on for a bit and then it goes yeah, to that yeah, bit yeah yeah so these kind of compositions that are kind of through written rather than kind of just first chorus first chorus yeah yeah um it's really difficult it's and hard, when, yeah when we were kids it was easy because we had nothing else to do yeah. so we just did it and, and, and also that's the thing before you get into jazz it's considered a given that you have to rehearse and learn stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas in jazz, you learn like the skill set to like read charts and improvise, and maybe you learn some melodies, and and you can have a very successful career with just that, and not really have to do any more learning after that. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously learning licks or whatever, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I love rehearsing personally. Like, yeah, that was. That's something I, I've always loved doing, right from the band days. Yeah. It's like getting arrangements together yeah. and, and um, I like jamming as well, don't get me totally, wrong. Totally, yeah. Um, I, I love that kind of aspect of it, and but it's very difficult in um, adult life. Because yeah. <laughs> we used to do that all the time when we were kids at school. Yeah. We'd come home from school every day and just jam for hours. Those were the days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody lives all over the place and yeah. you know, busy and stuff. Yeah, uh, life. Yeah, it happens. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Now then, look, how long have we been rocking? Oh, about an hour. All right, cool. Well, shall we play another one and then, then wrap it up? Cool, man. Yeah. yeah. This has been loads of fun. Thanks so much oh, for doing it. My pleasure. Yeah, brilliant. And yeah. um, check out Bromyard FM. Yeah, BFM. They've just rebranded it, actually. BFM. So by the time this goes out, it'll be called BFM Radio. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And Which uh, was Bromyard FM, but they've yeah. changed it to Born for Music Radio. Because cool. uh, they want to grow the station. Cool. And have you got anything? Obviously, there's not much coming up with COVID, I guess. But is there anything on the horizon? Uh, Maybe. No. I mean, we're doing our first gig here next week. Okay. Um, what here, like here on house? the on the lawn? Oh wow, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, weather permitting, um, yeah. but we're going to be putting a stage at the bottom of the lawn, and we're going to. It'll all be socially distanced, probably. You know, and everything. Yeah, but, um, brilliant. So that'll be fun. Everybody then... go to that, but I will tell you, it's fucking hard to get here. Yeah. Well, it's, not, it's not too hard, but it's, it's out of the way. Out of the way, yeah. <laughs> That should be fun. But other than that, it's check out like YouTube and stuff, because I'm more active on that than yeah. I was before. Actually, you know, it's quite fun being here, because I, I recognise this backdrop quite well. I recognise oh, this room. I've seen it a lot of times. Brilliant. Yeah. All right, last one, man. Uh, may maybe a blues. A blues. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, B flat, B like flat. a swing type jazz blues. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Okay, sounds yeah. good. Yeah.
Oh, and like and subscribe and do all that stuff. You know what to do.
<laughs> Sorry. Brilliant. Hey, that was class. Thanks, cool, man. Thanks. Thanks yeah, so really much. Yeah, oh, me yeah. too. That was a blast, man.